0: Welcome back to Leatherheads Footy. My name's Morgan. On this episode, I'm running through my round one FL fantasy team review. Uh, started off with a score of 2026, which has been ranked 16,000 overall. Really not concerned with that at all. I'm um, started around the same mark last year and finished inside the top 300. And um, was inside the top 10 for a big chunk of that season. And as you can see, I've got about 400k left on the bench, so I've got lots of flexibility for moves with these early rounds, it's really about fixing up any mistakes that you made, getting in any of those good mid prices that you might have missed and fixing up rookies. Um, You're not going to be able to, like say if you've spent all of your cash already, you're not going to be able to do any upgrades, like significant upgrades because none of the rookies have made enough money yet. So you've just got to get those really important players into your team so that in five, six weeks, they've made enough money so that you can start doing those significant upgrades. I'll start I'll start from my forward line. Everyone always starts from the back line. So I'll start from my forward line. Yeah. Taranto I think everyone has but one twenty three. When for me when I'm looking at my team, I also am taking into account the players that are unique to my team or relatively unique and the players that all the good coaches will have. So Taranto, even though he scored 123, I'm assuming basically all of the Coaches that are going to be competitive this year will have him, so don't really t- read too much into that. Doesn't His score is basically negligible for the whole of the season. Same with Rosie, 95, pretty handy. He looked pretty good, but it doesn't really matter what he scores. So then, uh, And similarly with Sheezel, who played off halfback. Taranto and Rosie both playing through the midfield as expected, but Sheezel was a surprise playing off halfback. Um, and if he keeps that role, he's going to be probably the best rookie of the year. Kicks the ball really well. And the Kangaroos look like they're playing more of a kicking game style. I've only watched four or five of the games so far. I think four. Um, so, I need to finish watching those games before I make any big decisions. But for now, just looking at the scores and, and thinking a little bit about what my trade is going to look like for the week. So, she's were playing off halfback. Massive 118. Hopefully, that continues. And then these guys, these other three were relatively unique. So I've gone two young midfielders at a new club, hoping to get more midfield opportunity, and then one young midfielder with a new coach, hoping that the coach likes him. Uh, I was starting off with Horn Francis. He played a lot of midfield time, as I was expecting, and because he's priced at 60, I thought he was relatively low risk, and that was my major philosophy, apart from one mistake, um, quite a big mistake that I'll get to, my major philosophy was go the low-priced, low-break-even guys and just try not to get hurt with anyone losing cash. And then um, with that extra cash, I can look to target the guys maybe a little bit higher price later on once I've seen more sample size of what they're going to be doing this year. So, Horn Francis, 90, really good. Did look like he had a little bit of a hamstring tightness or, yeah, soreness at the end of the game. So, hopefully he plays next week. Tanner Bruin, I thought he looked awesome. and was actually quite surprised to see how low his score was, but his time on ground was down around 65%, so that's a concern. Hey, I think he's he's got the role. They look like they like him inside. He was playing well, but only 65% time on ground, and um, looking at all of the Geelong mids, they were all around that 65% time on ground, which is concerning because obviously you can't score if you're not on the field. And then Tom Powell, he didn't get as much midfield time, as I was hoping, but he's just a natural scorer, gets involved with the chipping around the ground, Um, so I'm still happy with that. He's priced at about 50. They're both, Bruin and Powell both priced at about 50, so they both exceeded their score, but I'd be looking to trade out one of these guys if I have no uh, injuries or players drop next week. In the midfield, I just went for, I think, the most common combination, which is English and Marshall. English, nice 115, Marshall, surprisingly low score, coming up against Sean Darcy and Luke Jackson for Frio, but by the looks of that game, um, yeah, the Frio defenders all had massive scores, so I think Frio might have just been controlling the footy, I haven't watched that game yet, but I think Frio must have been controlling the footy a lot, uh, and Darcy did have a hundred as well, so maybe a tough matchup. But we'll have to wait and see because you know everyone just assumed Marshall's going to go one ten this year. But you have to be open to new information. Uh, through my midfield, this is where I made my big mistake. Picking Cripps, yeah, it was just a flat out mistake. It was an impulse decision. I didn't really want to miss out on a big score for the first game of the year. Excited that footy was going to be back. Uh, I had Doherty, I was hot on Q at all preseason, so I'm happy with that pick, but Cripps, it was just a mistake, and I'm going to be trading him out, because really, yeah, it's hard enough to score well as a player, but when the opposition team are consistently trying to stop you from playing well, it's just too much to overcome, even for a player as good as Cripps is, and he didn't look like he was interested at all in getting involved in the chip mark game. So, yeah, that's that's mistake, first mistake of the year in round one. I'm going to be trading him out. I'm looking at either Tom Green or Setterfield. Ideally, I want to get both of them into my team because they, they were both in my team for significant parts of the preseason. And say if I'd gone Green and Setterfield instead of Cripps and Hewitt, would have been in a much better position. So that's where if I followed this philosophy of picking guys that are priced cheaper and can't really go down, Um, It would have served me a lot better. They scored well, but yeah, that was never any guarantee. But I think picking these guys that are priced at or above 100, you really run a lot more risk than picking guys priced around the 80 mark. And Dunkley, uh, once again, everyone's got him, so his score isn't really important, but the fact that I captained him it's a little bit annoying. Uh, especially since I, I had the potential to put Vice Captain on Doherty or Taranto, which I would have taken happily. But chose Crips. So that mistake is just compounded even more. Uh Hewitt has mentioned, he started the game really well. So he was on seventy two or something at half time. And then faded late, but I really liked his fantasy game. And then a couple of mid prices, Warpool and Callahan. Similar theory. They're priced at, you know, fifty and forty five. So They're never going to hurt you too badly, and they're guys that I could have potentially fixed up uh, this round with trades. But, um, yeah, happy almost 180-odd from Callahan, so um, they'll be staying for a little while. And they're prime examples of guys that if I hadn't picked them, that I'd be looking to bring in this week. And then Ashcroft, the game against Port. Port just dominated the footy for the whole game, so I wouldn't read too much into that. Still managed to get to 60-odd as a rookie, which is good. And McKenzie, also haven't watched that game, but 75 is fantastic. He looks like he's going to be playing inside mid for the whole year and another must-have rookie. And then Philippou, it was Will Phillips, but when he was named as Emergency, um, I had to bring in... I think I brought in Peddler and moved Philippu to the... move Davy to the midfield and Philippou on field. So, 54 is reasonable for a fielded rookie. Um, that was all I was really hoping for was a score over 50, and I think Philippou will play most of the year. And then the back line, Doherty ended up going with him. Um, probably should have, if I was going to pay up for him, put the VC on him and not bother with Cripps. So again, another example of that mistake picking Cripps, but went with Doherty, happy with his score, and I think he can go a lot bigger the game didn't really suit him, first game of the year, high pressure, but when the heat comes out of the footy a little bit through the middle of the year, I think he'll be hitting his 131.40s and be a really good caption option. Nick Dacos was awesome. Um, the, like, the thing with Dacos is you knew that if Geelong didn't put any attention into him, he would have a big game, and f- from very early, you could see that he was sort of running around on his own on halfback, so... I'd expect to see pretty similar. If he's not getting tagged, he will score 100, basically, this year. It's just how many teams do tag him. Then McGraw and Ridley haven't watched this game, but this was a little bit of a hedging my bets. Priced at about 80 and 75. Um, I knew that the Bombers were going to chip the ball around their back line, and I just didn't know who would be the beneficiary of it, so I just went with both. And then if one of them seems to be getting the better share of that role. I can just trade out the other one. Constable, very happy with that. Almost a 90, price to 300. And then Jinbi, I think we all knew it was going to be good. But yeah, the size of him is very impressive and looks like an AFL-ready footballer uh, from the start. And then my rookies. Uh, with the rookies, I didn't really take into account price. Like, I've got a, hundred, a couple of 200K guys. But for me, it's just picking guys that I think will play as many games as possible. I don't want to pick guys that have just come in for one injury. That was why I had the option of bringing in um, Bytel from St. Kilda, but St. Kilda have got lots of injuries, and I'm just I'm not really sure when Sebros comes back or Zach Jones. Uh, I know Brad Crouch was suspended for round one, so I didn't want to pick, even though I, I was fairly confident Bytel would score more, and he did. He scored 80, 85, so... 30 points more than Philippu. I'm worried that when more of the St Kilda mids come back, he'll be out of the team. And then running through my rookies, as I mentioned, just want to pick guys that stay in the team. Wilmot, pretty good score considering how that game went for Brisbane, so I'll be holding on to him. Lockie Count actually looked good, but only played half of the game and was subbed out at three-quarter time, so that's potentially a concern. I think he holds his place, but it's just how much game time he's going to play. Owen Davey, haven't watched that game, but... Score of 60-odd, playing half-forward. He, he's a really impressive player. Uh, very, very classy. Surprising that he was only picked in the 40s or something, but that helps his price. Hollands, Hollins, um, yeah, got ragged old a couple of times by the Tigers, as I mentioned on another video. But I think he plays and continues to play. He could have been subbed out, but wasn't. So I think that shows that Carlton are pretty high on him. Max Heath was just... A, uh, a ruckman. There weren't any cheap rucks available apart from Radicalia, who scored 19, so I'm lucky I didn't go with that. Uh, he's a guy that I can just use as a loophole if I want to. And then Fergus Green and Luke Pedler. Green, I I knew he wasn't going to score much, but 30's really not enough. So after, I'll, after I watch that game, I'll have to uh, make a decision on him because there were a couple of rookies that did pop. Pedler 70, fantastic. He's one that I brought in late, so I'm really glad that that paid off. I like his tackling game and I think he's got a spot in the Crows 22 with his physicality and it looks like it's sort of time for him to become an AFL regular. And then Chessa again, 32. Another guy that I'm picking him more because I think he'll play a lot of games they want to develop him, but he hasn't really shown any scoring pedigree at all through any of the practice matches. Uh, Even in his junior career, he wasn't a big scorer. So he's Another one that, if everything else is going well, he's one I'm potentially going to look to trade out. As far as trading in targets, I've covered a couple of them in Green and field. The other one would be Goulden. Once again, haven't watched the game, but I did watch the very first centre bounce and Goulden started in there. So if he's playing majority midfield and Sydney are at full strength, which I think they are through the midfield. Um, I'll be jumping on Golden because like 40% of the comp have him already. He's a guy that has a massive ceiling and could hurt me. So, I think between Cripps, um, who I'll definitely be looking to trade out, and one of probably Bruin or Powell, if Horn Francis keeps playing, probably Bruin given that low time on ground. I th- yeah, between those two, I want to bring in two of Green, Setterfield and Golden. But this is where I'm a little bit conflicted because the decision this week is whether to go fix up these two and go to two mid price or underpriced players. Um, Green will be priced at around 87, I think, by the time the price changes come through, and Oliver probably about 75. I mean, Setterfield about 75. So the decision is whether to fix up the mid prices, obviously, this is pending teams, or to fix up the rookies, because there was a couple of rookies, like Cade Chandler scored 100 for the Demons, um, and it looks like, because I pick it's going to get a decent suspension, so that'll keep Chandler in the team for at least a couple more weeks. Uh, a couple of other guys, uh Ulan from the Gold Coast scored a 68, he's basement price, and there are a few that popped. So, it, yeah, the decision is whether I fix up the mid-prices or I get out someone, like, underperforming rookies, like Fergus Green and Chessa. Um, bring in some higher price rookies and are going to make more cash, but won't benefit my on field scoring. So, um, yeah, that's the decision whether to do two mid price changes, one mid price, one rookie or two rookie changes. And that might be dictated by team selections coming into next week. Overall, I'm not, yeah, I'm not disappointed. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a little bit disappointed with the Crips mistake, because that's a mistake I did make last year a couple of times, just not wanting to miss out, a bit of FOMO, picking the guy who plays earlier, um, and looking back, it's a pretty obvious error. I, like, halfway through that game, I, saw, I realized that it is a pretty obvious mistake, and he's got to go, but apart from that, I think, relatively happy with the decisions, went fairly low risk, so it's going to be a slow burn throughout the year, uh, and I'll hopefully just steadily climb up the ranking. As I said before, they're not really concerned about score or ranking at the moment. It's just about cash generation and making sure all of my players are increasing in price. Um, that's all for now. Remember to check out Spotify for the audio and Instagram for a little bit more content, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.